Today is the 27th of February, 2021. And uh, we have this intention to come here to develop um, stability, firmness of mind, to train our minds to come into a state of peace. So this quality of samadhi is that which gives our hearts a firm foundation. Because normally our minds are always moving, they're always thinking about different things uh, based upon the various things that we experience. So when our minds do experience um, something from this world, if they lack this quality of samadhi, then they'll get pulled into liking or disliking towards it. And feeling arises. And then uh, clinging is born. And then this clinging becomes a cause uh, for even more proliferation. So we like something, and then we proliferate um, upon that. We dislike something, and then the mind thinks upon that. And there's no peace there. And uh, so, being born in this world, um, that we experience all these different emotions. And this pulls our mind into liking and disliking constantly. If there's something that comes up, we experience something, and we dislike that, then we suffer. We experience something else, and we like that, then we're happy. But in neither of these instances are we peaceful. So we need to train our minds to have samadhi so that they can be well-founded, so they can be stable. And sometimes we will see the benefits of this practice of training ourselves in samadhi, that it really does bring the mind to peace. And we see that when we have this inner peace, then when the mind experiences a sense object, then we'll have the resources to fight against that. But if there's a lack of inner calm, then we just can't do that. So in that case, we need to endure in line with the teachings of the Buddha that he taught that this quality of kanti, of patient endurance, is the quality, the highest quality that burns up defilements. So now's the time for us to sit in meditation, to put down all of the thoughts in our minds first. And then we bring up this effort to train our hearts to have power, to have energy. Uh, because this energy is something that can look after and take care of our minds. We gain energy from faith, the faith that we have in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And this is a very important form of power, um, because with this we're able to endure with things um, that are very difficult. Those with faith can push through. They have that energy to carry on practicing. And even though something may be very tough, they can persist and succeed. So we depend upon this quality of faith in the beginning um, because it really helps out our practice. This practice of chanting, of sitting meditation, of training our minds. And it's uh, something that we can bring up um, on the Lunar Observance Days, on these important days in Buddhism, like Maga Puja, uh, that we bring up the sincerity to 
pay homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha on these days. And perhaps we've never done some of these things in our life before. We've never stayed up all night chanting, uh, stayed up practicing throughout the entire night. Even though it's difficult, we should think that we have this opportunity now to pay homage to the Buddha on this very important day. And it's hard to come across this opportunity. So this gives rise to faith. And then that faith turns into effort. The sincerity, the devotion that we have to cultivating our hearts, to developing samadhi. And in developing samadhi, we can use different methods to do this. We can chant, for instance, go through Itipiso 108 times, or chant different suttas, and do this throughout the entire night. And when we do this, then it's an immense form of merit that comes up in our hearts, because what we're doing is paying homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, through our practice. We have faith. We have the power of effort. And so we use that to chant, to sit in meditation, to walk in meditation, to always be bringing up mindfulness of all our actions. And all these things cultivate merit. So when we chant suttas, we, be, we have mindfulness there. And as we're chanting, then we contemplate into their meaning. And this can give rise to inner peace. And we can gain a really deep understanding of the true meaning of these suttas. Or we can bring up the meditation word of nibbana, nibbana. And this can, or what this means, what this is pointing to is emptiness, is the coolness, the peace of mind. That nibbana is a place that doesn't have any suffering in it. That the mind in that state, it's not clinging, it's not involved with anything at all. There's no greed, hatred, or delusion there, and that is Nibbāna. And even though this Nibbāna may initially, we may initially experience it temporarily, we bring this up as a recollection of our minds. That we recite this, Nibbāna, Nibbāna, and through that the mind can turn empty. And we may gain a very deep understanding of the suttas that we're chanting, or of very brief dharma phrases, or these mantras that we're using. We can understand their meaning with great clarity. The joy arises in our hearts, happiness comes up, and then we're able to do this throughout the entire night. And if we can, that shows that we have great faith. There's some full faith of heart in the Buddha. And this pulls us into being devoted, into really focusing on cultivating our minds, bringing, right, uh, bringing up peace of heart and wisdom. And uh, this wisdom, what that really is, is a clear understanding of all sankharas, of all conditioned phenomena. However sankharas are, that's the way we know them. We accept their reality. And this is what wisdom within Buddhism means. Initially, it may just be a wisdom on the level of thinking, um, this uh, discursive thought. And this is one kind of wisdom, some that comes from listening to the Dhamma. 
But as we listen, then an understanding may really arise in the teachings of the Buddha that physicality and mentality, it's not me. So when we listen to the Dhamma, we may understand into this truth. And uh, we may gain a temporary Nibbana, where the mind becomes empty. It's, uh lets go of its attachments temporarily. And there's an inner coolness that comes through this understanding of the truth. So through the practice, through listening to the Dhamma, we're cultivating great merit. Through reciting suttas, this is also a great form of merit. And when we listen to the Dhamma, we recite these suttas, we take them internally and contemplate them. And so we can gain a clear understanding in this way, and our minds can become very peaceful. And then the understanding that we gain uh, gets deeper and deeper, and wisdom arises within our hearts. So may you all really be firm in this way of practice and training yourselves in this way, of cultivating your barami, your spiritual perfections, of um, giving rise to higher forms of energy. And uh, through this, we can gain a faith that is informed and imbued with wisdom. Initially, our efforts rely upon endurance. But when our minds gain inner peace, then our effort won't need to depend upon this quality of kanti. Uh, But rather, we'll have the effort which is a factor for awakening. Um, this virya, sampojanga. And uh, this is one of the qualities that brings us to seeing the Dhamma. And another is the quality of mindfulness. And so this is also something that we bring up and cultivate in our hearts when we're practicing. And when we contemplate into uh, the Dhamma, then we do this in the things that we've heard or the things that we've chanted. And then we separate things out, we differentiate uh, what's what, and we analyze um, and really focus on the topic that we're going through. And then we can gain a clear understanding through this. And so we see that with all things that we do in the world, in order to succeed, we need to analyze what we're doing. Uh, There needs to be research, um, just like when we try to find a vaccine to a kind of illness, then we need to analyze that, we need to research it. And it's the same with gaining an understanding in the Dhamma. There needs to be this quality of analysis there. And so we can take up this body to analyze, see that it's comprised of earth, water, fire, and air. And uh, we look at it in this way, we investigate and Uh, research the body like this. And then we see that the earth in this body, that's not me. The water is not me. The fire, the air, it's not me. And um, the person who is speaking right now, that's not a being, not a self. The one who's listening is not a being, not a self. We can look through the breath and analyze that and see that if this breath runs out, if there's just a short period of time where the breath is missing, um, then it doesn't matter whether we're young or we're old. With that lack of oxygen, the body dies in a very short space of time. 
So why is it that the mind gets this idea that this body is me? Even though the mind doesn't want the body to die, it just goes and dies all the same. So that shows that we're not able to control it. And because we're not able to control it, that shows that it's inconstant. And this is how the Buddha taught the five ascetics. He said that uh, this physicality, it's inconstant, it's stressful, it's something that we can't control. So therefore, is it something that's appropriate to take as me, as mine? And because the five ascetics had hearts that were uh, deeply imbued with peace, and they were able to answer correctly and say that it's not appropriate to attach to this body. And then through that understanding, they all attain to arahantship. This shows that the power of their samadhi was already full, that they were able to gain this clear understanding like this. But for us, sometimes our samadhi is there and sometimes it's lacking. Sometimes we can see clearly and sometimes not, and that's just normal. But when we have this faith, then we constantly are devoted to developing our minds to higher levels, no matter what the conditions. And if we can do this, it shows that we've already cultivated a lot of these baramis already. If we can chant all night, if we can sit in meditation all night, if we have this effort to train our minds like this, to not being heedless, It shows that we already have great amounts of faith, great amounts of energy. So this faith, it leads on to effort. And effort leads on to samadhi and wisdom. And these are all powers that are of great importance. And when we cultivate these constantly, um, then our minds will become more and more firmly established in samadhi. And then it won't be necessary to have any kanti, any endurance. There will just naturally be this sincerity that comes up in the mind to want to see the Dhamma, to really be focused and devoted to reaching Nibbāna. So this quality of samādhi brings great benefits to us. We see that if our minds aren't stable, if they're shaken by all the experiences that they meet with, um, then things can be very difficult. So we need to bring up the quality of mindfulness a lot. Sometimes we can get into a state of samadhi when we're sitting in meditation, walking meditation, but when we leave that formal practice, then the mind also leaves that state of samadhi. Uh, So here we need to be cautious. We need to bring up a lot of mindfulness when the mind reverts back into its normal state. Whenever it experiences any sense impressions, then we need to be very cautious right there. Whenever greed, hatred, or delusion arises, then we need to know what's going on to bring up this awareness, this mindfulness, and trying to gain some control over our minds. And then we contemplate to see that these things are inconstant and see that the natural state of them is to be inconstant, to be stressful, to be not self. So these are the 
qualities or the objects of contemplation that give rise to wisdom, as anicca, dukkha, anatta. But in order to get there, we must rely upon our efforts. Wisdom isn't something that can arise just by not doing anything at all. So we need to try, we need to put in our efforts. And uh, this effort depends upon or relies upon the endurance that we have. And sometimes we have to wait for a while before the results of our practice are born. But even though these results may not seem to be appearing, we don't throw away our efforts. Even though there may be a lot of doubts, our hearts may not be peaceful, there may be a lot of scattered thoughts going on, still we put in our efforts, we try to practice following the teachings of the Buddha. And if we can do this, it shows that we've already, we have a lot of old funds waiting there. Uh, we already have the causes and conditions um, to be able to practice in the way. So we should be proud of that and then put in even more effort to not just uh, let this opportunity go to waste. Because we have a great opportunity now that our bodies are healthy and strong, and if they get sick, then the practice can be quite difficult. Um, So we should really be devoted and throw in all our efforts, all of our strength into this practice. To, in order to gain an understanding of the Dhamma in this very life. When the mind is peaceful, then we come to contemplate the body, seeing it as being merely a body. We contemplate it as being something that is unattractive, that's a source of stress and difficulty, a collection of elements, just a heap of earth, water, fire, and air. Whatever movement our bodies are engaged in, whatever posture they're in, we have mindfulness of that, always bringing this awareness into the present moment. And so we carry on training our minds like this until they become well-established in samadhi. So when we watch our breath come and go, this is a method to give rise to peace of mind. But when we see that the body is just a body, it's not me. This is vipassana, this is clear knowing. Uh, But initially, we do have the sense of self. It's me who stands, me who walks, me who sits, me who is knowing the breath come and go. Uh, But when the mind reaches a state of peace, a state of inner stillness, um, then our knowing will be up to speed with all the proliferations of the mind, understanding that they're not actually me, understanding that this body is just a body, and at this point the mind separates out from that body. And the heart turns pure, it grows bright and radiant. And here we gain this very clear understanding into the nature of the body, that really there's no (coughs) me There's no self within it. So may you all train in this way. Um, And you just carry on practicing like that. Just like a farmer or someone who 
tends to a fruit orchard, um, they just carry on tending to their crops, carry on watering them, putting in fertilizer, and uh, then eventually they'll have to bear fruit. And so the practice is like this. We just carry on putting in the causes and conditions. And so may you all establish your mindfulness in the body, in the feelings, in the mind, in the Dhamma, and train and practice. And uh, in the end, you'll gain a clear and true understanding of the Dhamma. <laughs>